listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. <laughs> you got something to say there, Dave? We're live. <laughs> we're live. We are live. <laughs> Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here, and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. And I'm your host, Jason Cook, today. And, of course, we've got David Leo mm-hmm. back in the studio. Welcome back, David. Thank you, Jason. And I'm live. Happy Wednesday, everybody. <laughs> it's good to have you back. You know, sometimes I'm sure people think that intro's um, not live, but it is. Every oh, time we do it, it's you, live. You know what my son said? My son said, we were listening, I was listening to one of the things on, on the app, and he says, this isn't live, Dad. And this thing's, I was like, oh, you going to get technical on me? Yeah. It's, uh, but first we are live November. today. It is the 1st of November today. Already. If you're listening to it today, if you're listening to this program and it's the 1st of November 2023, yep. we are live. <laughs> so uh, how have you been, Dave? You were away last week and we had Tamika <sighs> presenting. She did a great program. Yeah. Well, yeah. Awesome having to, uh, hearing Tamika again. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. And she, as she said, usually she's heard on a Friday, but yes, last week it was on a Wednesday. Mm. Great topic as well. But yeah, I've been a bit of a busybody. Uh, yeah, last time I was on, I talked about... You know about there's another meaning to that? No. Being a busybody. What, what's, what's the other meaning? It means like you're putting your nose into business <laughs> that's not yours. Wow, that, <laughs> that, that's kind of true as well then, Jason, because <laughs> last time I was at a children's and family ministries advisory... And uh, last week I was at a youth because um, you know I'm also uh, the youth leader here in Tasmania, and um, I was at an advisory again where all the youth leaders from the different states came together, and so I did poke my nose into their business and say, "Hey, what do you do here, and what do you, what are challenges that you go for, and, and and things like that." And so we got to spend um, a couple of days together sharing um, the blessings and the challenges that we're having, and the probably the the takeaway that I took from there is uh, each leader agreed that we need to, um, in our different states, uh, you know, and, and one thing I learned, I, I love Tasmania. I love my churches. I love my young people that are here, and I, I love the people of Tas. We've got, um, even though we're in the same country, our, our challenges and blessings are various, um, mm. you know, crazily, crazily different. And um, I really want, I really want our Tasmanians to, to, to discover and, and meet with the others to, to realize we're the same boat, mm. but we have different, yeah, different, different walks and yeah. we, we have the same Jesus, you know, and mm. it's, um, it's always exciting. But the big takeaway I, I learned was something that we need to do for our young people across the board in all of Australia is teaching resilience. Mm. We need to, uh, exemplify resilience. And if anyone's thinking, what's, what's resilience? I think the best, Example that I've used, I don't know where I got it from. I know I read it somewhere or got it off YouTube or something, but when I teach it to, to the kids, I show them a piece of paper and I screw up a piece of paper. And um, when you screw up the piece of paper, it, it doesn't really unravel itself. It, you know, mm. it stays crinkled. Mm. And I tell the kids, this paper is not resilient. And then I get a flat piece of rubber and I do the same thing to the, to the flat piece of rubber and I screw it up. And as soon as I let it go, the rubber just bounces back. Bounce, yeah, just mm. goes straight back to how it was before. And the rubber is resilient. Mm. And so the thing that the, the youth leaders all agreeing on is <clears throat> we need to teach our kids to be more like rubber when it comes to challenges in life. And mm. so that was a common, a common theme that was coming I, through. I feel like a bit of paper that's been <laughs> screwed up and then it's been flattened out. 
and then maybe ironed, but yeah. you can still, still see, see all the, the wrinkles. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. As long as you get flattened out again. Yeah, that's, that's the main part. But, yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. And I've been um, planning for next year and um, just just processing how the, the past year has gone. And I have a real, I have a heart full of gratitude right now. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really thankful. I'm, I'm praising God for the, the opportunities, for the people I get to meet, for this work that I get to do, you know. That's awesome. Even get to be on Faith FM. <laughs> David, last time we spoke, uh, two weeks ago, I think uh, we we did a What Happened on This Day, and we've got an yeah. interesting one today, that in 1512, um, four years of Michelangelo's work of painting the Sistine Chapel was opened to the public, public. on this day in 1512, quite yeah. a long time ago. So that's uh, the Sistine Chapel, I believe you said it was in the Vatican yeah, City, Vatican, is it yeah. right? And, and and if you uh, look up Google Images, it's spectacular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, and just imagining, I don't know, have you been there? Have you been I to see the ceiling? I have not been to Rome, no, I, I haven't. I just imagined being there, staring at the ceiling and how overwhelming that would be because the work is four years. Mm. Who does four years of consistent work of just focusing on one thing now and creating that? Type of beautiful. That, that's a time of resilience, right? You know, some of the builders who built these chapels, it was their lifetime work. Wow, you know, wow! Like their stonemasons and things like that. So, yeah, wow! It's, just, a, it's amazing how much uh, effort people went to, and you know, their their persistence. I guess I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling already right now, and I'm envying their ability to focus on one thing. Mm. I we we live in an ADHD world, don't we? Oh. Always distracted by something. Every, yeah, everything going at the same time. Mm. And that's relevant to what we're talking about today, mm. you know. We're yes. talking about worship. Last time I was here, I talked about uh, the importance of worship in your home. Mm. And now, in the next few episodes, I want to talk about practical worship, what that looks like. And uh, it's all about focus. It's all about getting into the reason why we're here, why we should worship Jesus, um, keeping our minds focused on what our lifetime work should be. Our mm. lifetime work should be what Tamika talked about last week, allowing Jesus to mold us, and mold shape us, us and yeah. shape us to do what He created us to do. You know, mm. so that's the um, that's where we're going today. Yeah, awesome. Well, if you want to listen to our past episodes, you can do that online. Go to faithfm.com.au and uh, you can browse programs and podcasts and find Tazzy Encounters there and you can lis- listen to all of our past episodes. Or you can get the Faith FM Australia app mm. on your phone or tablet and download that and listen to our programs there. Um, so, David, today we're going to be looking at Luke 24. Um, why did you choose this chapter for practical worship? Well, I remember reading, our church have a, a thing called a record magazine. Yes. And I remember um, I was about to present something on worship. Wow, I was twenty. I was 21 years old then. And I read a record magazine. I can't remember who wrote it. So whoever wrote that piece, uh, kudos to you because that, that piece has stayed with me up and for the rest of my life when mm. it comes to understanding what worship is about because um, I was going through a period of uh, young people were talking a lot about worship styles you know they're saying oh it's not this music's wrong and this music's right and lifting up your hands is is good or bad and you know doing it praying when you're standing is not good 
praying when you're kneeling is not good. You know, we, we had all these discussions, mm. and I was involved in a lot of them, and I was quite passionate about it as well. And I thought, oh, I never thought about these things. I've always known one way. You know, basically, it was worship from home. And mm. my parents, you know, my parents used to even do this, Jason. This is funny. When we used to have evening worship, we used to switch the light off. Right. Yeah, and so, I didn't, so that there was nothing to distract you. I, well, I didn't know at the time. I yeah. didn't know what that was about. You know, mm. and and um, I learned that when I was older. But we had um, Heather. You probably know Heather from Glenorchy mm. Church, and she came to have family. She was having family worship with us, and uh, one of my kids went up to switch the light off, and we had prayer. And afterwards, she asked, "How come you switch the light off?" And and that was the first time I thought. Oh wow! Not everybody does. Not everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're, th- that was the only my family worship was what I was familiar with, and the church that I grew up in. So all these various things started making me question: Oh, is there a right, wrong way of worship? And this person wrote an article on Luke twenty four, and the heart of worship really came through that piece. And I want to share share that this morning, mm. um, or whenever, whatever time of the day you're listening to this, because you yeah. could be listening to a recording right now. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is. Uh, this is something that I, I want to touch on. And there are three key elements, basically, when it comes to worshiping God. And it doesn't just mean, it's not just a moment. It's 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 a everyday life, right? And the three things that we're going to go through for the next four episodes is um, listening to God through the Bible and through the word and revelation of others, um, prayer, speaking to God, and the last one is sharing actually sharing with others uh, others about the gospel. This is all part of worship and is the key ingredient to healthy a healthy relationship with God and a healthy relationship with others. So awesome. that's what we're going to talk about today. And, you know, we're made to worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to unpack that a bit more. Yep. Rosalia has uh, texted in this morning to say good morning. Looking forward to the live broadcast. So thanks, Rosalia, for yes. texting. And we've got a question for you this morning. It says, uh, the question this morning is, why do you think Jesus is worthy of worship? We'd love to hear from you today. Why do you think Jesus is worthy of worship? Text us in on 0488-880891. This is um, Resurrecting by Elevation Worship.
To Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're talking with David Leo, mm. and we're talking about practical worship. And uh, it's interesting how before the break we talked about resilience. Yeah, and I think that song really spoke absolutely resilience, didn't it? Absolutely, rising right from, from the, the ashes. ashes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as you said during the break, that Christ overcame death, and uh, and He's promised that we also can overcome death. Amen. So the power of Jesus no- is nothing ultimate. more resilient than that, hey? That's right. That's we've, right. We've had a couple of uh, messages in. Uh, David from Western Australia says, "Good morning, Leo, from Ed." And, <laughs> hey, uh, there he is again, David yeah. Edgar from he, uh, Western Australia. Yeah, he joins us when there's two Davids. On, so we've got three Davids <laughs> when, when Edgar's there. And uh, we've got another message from Rosa there. We'll read that shortly, and uh, we'll um, but we'll get on to our program right now. Yeah, yeah. So, David, we're going to be looking at Luke twenty-four. On the road to Emmaus. The road to Emmaus. You'll put some context to it. And before I jump into the story, because it's an awesome story, um, you know, one, one of the things the Bible uh, makes pretty clear is that God has created us to worship Him. 
Now, I know for some, th- some I think, oh, that's quite narcissistic that Jesus would need our worship. Mm. But little do we know that worshiping our God, our Lord and Savior, is healthy for us. Mm. It actually keeps us in check. And the, the truth of the matter is, if we don't worship, you know, in the Ten Commandments, the very first one is have no other gods before me. Right, and if if we don't worship God, we worship correct. something else. And you mm. see that everywhere. You know, mm. our time and our, our worship can be evident from where we spend our time, our energy, our resources, mm. and you can see that around the world. You know, um, if it's not a material thing, it's somebody else. It's a person, mm. and um, Jesus knows if you worship me, our life will be in order. Our life will be much better. And in Psalms 29, verse 2, I just want to read this just to start start off our where we're going with Luke 24. It says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Right? He deserves the worship. Mm. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. God is holy. What does that mean? Wow. That's a that's a big, big deal. He is beyond our comprehension, and he's made himself He's made us comprehend him through Jesus Christ coming to earth and us being able to see what the demonstration of holiness looks like. And he welcomes us and says, you you may not be holy, but I welcome you into my presence because of what who he is and what he's done. And so this is, the, this is, the, this is due his name. So Luke 24, Jesus has now died on the cross. Everything that, everything the disciples expected. Rome was meant to be taken down. Um, they were meant to be the leaders now. They were meant to be reigning in power. Mm. Israel was going to be restored to the golden years like King David had it. And yet uh, Jesus died on the cross and was like, wow, what an anticlimax. I think they were feeling uh, pretty disappointed. Incredibly disappointed. You know, we talk about the great disappointment in 1844, October 22nd. Mm. This was the first great Disappointment mm. way back here. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. They're incredibly downhearted. Down, down, downhearted. And yeah. so we, we start we start there in, in Luke 24. If you could read um, our first section. Sure. Yep. And uh, we're reading from the English Standard, Visor, uh, English Standard Version. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, or Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in the last, in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who is a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, Mm. and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early this in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Okay, so we start. We're talking about worship. Mm. Why are we talking about worship? Because I did encourage having worship at home. 
And we want to be more practical about it. Well, what does that look like? What are we doing here? Now, this story is giving us a bit of an insight. The first part of the story we, we read from verses 13 to 24, or 25, I think. 24. 24. Yeah. 13 to 24. What's happening here is, as Jason mentioned before, they're downhearted. They're feeling upset. You know, um, Jesus is not so... Uh, he doesn't lack understanding, so ignorant that he would think that us as humans, when we go about our day, every day, you know, whether we go to education, whether we go to work, what, what, if we stay home and do our duties at home, our mind wanders. Mm. We get, we, you know, when we're doing something and we get so focused, we can stress about things, right? We could, we could get so caught up in these things that the encouragement is as it was in the model of the sanctuary and the old way of worship at the altar there was morning and evening sacrifices the encouragement is therefore that the model must still be we have a morning worship and an evening worship why well this is what my dad said I, I, I think it's biblical I think I could find biblical reason but my dad told us that in the morning he needs to be the first thing on our mind to start our day and in the evening he's the one that we unload everything off before we get to sleep you know and so I thought oh but that makes sense. So it's to keep our mind focused, you know, keep everything in focus. But when we come to Jesus, we come with these burdens on our shoulders. We come with, oh man, I've got to pay tax back. This is ridiculous. Or we come with, oh, just this morning, just before we're going to start radio, I got a call from the school, something about my 16 year old. And oh man, my, my son is not staying focused. You know, like, we've got all these things on our mind. And Jesus says, hey, it, Jesus even, he acts like he doesn't know the answer. Mm. He said, oh, what happened? What happened, in, what happened in these last few days that you said? And he's giving the opportunity for us or the disciples to express themselves. To express themselves. Yeah. And, and when it comes to worship, I truly believe that the expression in, in, our, in our home, and even when I do this individually, um, it's a time where it's like casual chit-chat. You know? mm. Kids... Um, um, what, what's the highlights and the lowlights of today? Hmm. Oh, um, you know, we played handball and I was the champion for four for four games in a row. The lowlights is um, I ran into a pole and I hurt my head. You know, like, oh, okay, cool. So it's, it's just normal chit chat. But what we're doing is we're warming up to the nitty gritty stuff. You know, you know, the nitty gritty would be why why did it make you happy that you were champion four times in a row? You know, mm. like, oh, we're starting to get into things. And when it comes to the corporate worship, when I say corporate worship, that sounds fancy. I'm not talking about businesses and big buildings or whatever. I'm talking about when we come together as a bigger group. As a group, yeah. As family, individuals, and couples, when we all come together, and, and we can talk, talk about this in church worship, expression starts with singing. You know, when we're singing words together and we're saying things like rising from the ashes, and mm. well, we're actually expressing, oh, wow, this is what Jesus did. You know, we, we start singing songs. We have prayer together. Prayer is a form of expression. Um, all of that, <clears throat> um, this one this one African um, uh, seminar, the woman was doing the uh, leading out in worship, and she, and she said, I'm, I'm not going to try and do the accent, but it was awesome. She said, this is we, we when we sing. He said, "We're we're the rain. We're the rain softening the ground. Because when our preacher comes, he's going to come and plant a strong seed." You know, I was like, "Wow, yes, yes." The expression is the softening mm. of the ground, ready mm. for the receiving of the word. So, yep. anything we do, when we do video clips, when we do um, skits, when we do whatever it is, it's yeah, to yeah, help yeah. soften 
the ground for the word to come. You and know? All of that, you know, there can be personal testimony, there can be prayer, there can be other things that that lead up to that. That's right. Um, the softening of, of our hearts, really, isn't it? Correct. And it's Jesus asking questions. Mm. Why, why are you downhearted? Mm. Why are you blah, blah, blah? And then when we say, oh, do you not know that, that Jesus died and blah, blah, blah? We're actually speaking why we are believers, mm. you know? And mm. so he's like, well, get ready for the word. And uh, just something that, that stood out to me in this passage was that um, the reason why they were so downhearted is because their expectations uh, there you go. weren't met, yeah. you know, and, and they had one idea about how things were going to work out, and it didn't work out mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Jesus often has a different plan. Same with our journey, isn't it? We can feel very disappointed at <laughs> times when they don't Correct. go the way we want them to. So, yeah, amen. Uh, Rosalie uh, uh, answered our question this morning. She says, as the song says, and the question was uh, before we read mm-hmm. it, why do you think Jesus is worthy of worship? And uh, yeah, Rosalie says, as the song says, uh, no greater love than this that he laid down his life for me. Mm-hmm. Someone such as me, I will spend a lifetime wondering why. Amen. It will be our science and our song. He gave up his own life, splendor, and adoration to come humbly for us fallen humanity to give us hope and so more spiritual blessings we can claim through our Lord Jesus. Ooh. That's a great answer. Yes. Thank you, Rosa, there. Softening, for, softening the soil in my heart right now. Yes, excellent. And uh, stay tuned. We've got a free book offer coming up later in the program. Um, but if you haven't uh, haven't thought about this question yet, why do you think Jesus is worthy of worship? We'd love to hear from you today, so do text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is "He Moves Mountains in Me" by Jenny Phillips. And this dust turns into clay He changes me in ways I hadn't planned Like water turned to wine It's something unexplained But something real has changed inside of me Something I can 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with David Leo on Tassie Encounters this morning and uh, we're talking about practical worship and mm. we've just been reading about this story of a group of people who were walking along the road to Emmaus from Jerusalem, is that right? Yes. Yep, and uh, it was about seven miles, about 12 or 13 kilometres. That's right, yep. And uh, Jesus appears to them, so he has this conversation. But it, interesting how their eyes were hidden from recognizing Jesus. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know. Like it goes to show how much our 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 thoughts and our emotions can uh, distort our view of Jesus. Is because uh, little did they know who they were walking with. You know, mm. that gets revealed to us later on in the story. But um, and, and so it's important when it comes to our worship time that we are aware that our thoughts and emotions may be dominant in that moment. So it's important that we come to a place of, I'm now in the presence of the king of the universe, and I'm going to give my uttermost attention mm. and thoughts towards him, who he is. And then when that's done, when we focus on who he is and what he means to us and all those type of things, then you start to understand yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit like a reset, isn't it? You know, like Big time. if we don't do that, we just get so busy caught up in our own thinking and our own thoughts. Yeah. And when we take time out to worship, we it's like a, a reset with something that that is bigger than ourselves. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It just happened to me yesterday morning in worship. I was I was in prayer and then as I was praying, the thought came. I haven't sent that email. Yeah. I better send that email. You know, and then the next thought was, focus. <laughs> this is this is about you and me right now. So going, oh man, sorry, Lord. You know, it was just like, wow, haven't even started the day yet and I'm already you know, so that's how that's how we're so caught up in our thoughts and emotions that, that mm. that's needed. And you know, maybe it's because I am an extrovert or whatever, but um I do find that I can focus better when I'm in worship with my family or in the church community. You know, I, I feel like I, I'm able to worship and focus mm, better. Me, me too. Yeah, in no, those I'm, moments, I'm the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe it's a maybe it's a common thing. Yeah, I think it is a common thing. Hmm. Yeah. And why we shouldn't forsake the assembling together, right? Why mm. the Bible says we should we should mm. get together. But this next part, as Jesus allows them to, um, you know, express themselves through their discussion and their thoughts. He's about to bring the word now. He's about to pull it to them. So if you could read verses 25 to uh, where it 31. 31, please. It says, And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Mm. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, oh. he, interpret, he interpreted to them, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to where they were going. He acted as if he were going farther. <laughs> but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the, a table with them, 
He took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. Isn't that interesting that he disappeared at that moment? That that is this is amazing. You know, this mm. is a huge lesson. Actually, this is a um. Actually, before I go there, we'll start start from the beginning. Right, this this uh, the disciples knew the stories of the you know they they knew the stories growing up of the Old Testament yeah. Moses Abraham uh, yeah. Joseph all these things they understood and I googled <clears throat> how long it would take to cover that uh, thirteen kilometers and according to Google it takes about three and a half hours so this whatever Jesus did in this Bible study of three hours you know. Um, I mean, when it comes to Seventh-day Adventist, our typical Bible study series, if, we're, if, if you commit to saying, hey, I want to do a proper program Bible studies, we can have probably 20 to 27 Bible studies, and we'll spend one hour or yeah. 40, 40 minutes to one hour each, right? Mm. Jesus was able to do something in three to three and a half hours, mm. and he helped these guys connect the dots and say, See those prophecies that Daniel was talking about and what Moses did in Egypt there, da 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 da. And these guys are like, wait a minute. Perhaps because they had a pretty good understanding of the scriptures already. That's right. He There's just a foundation. Had, yeah, he had, they had the foundation. They just needed a little bit of help in understanding it. And you've had that feeling before? I've, yeah. I, I still remember early in my walk <laughs> when I was reading something and I was trying to. You know, I was trying to understand, and this is a Bible study in itself, I was trying to understand this, um, the the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because you know, I was thinking, if Jesus died on the cross, then who was running the world at the time? And how does this, you know, all these questions I had, and I was reading something in the Bible, and, and it occurred to me, and it was really exciting, and it, you know, it's hard to draw everyone into this exciting moment for me, <clears throat> but it became very exciting to me that the way the sequence works is the Father sent His Son, and as the Son, He ended up uh, leaving us the Holy Spirit to be with us and in communion with the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit tries to reveal to us the Son and when the Son returns he's going to take us to the Father right and then I was like whoa this this whole thing and I was on a bus I was on a tra- uh, train going to work and I literally jumped off my seat and went yes yes this is awesome and when I looked up everyone was looking at me <laughs> you know and I was like oh uh, Huh. Morning, morning, and I just sat back down in my seat and started reading my Bible again, you know. And I was just, but that that revelation. Some people would have looked at you as if you're a crazy man. Oh yeah, and they you. I was like, oh, they can see I'm holding a Bible. Uh, they're probably thinking, what does this guy? What's this guy excited about in the Bible? But that revelation was like, wow. In my head, I was thinking, Jesus is amazing. This this whole plan of salvation is incredible. You know, it was it was it was. Eye-opening, just like just like these disciples are experiencing, but they got to hear the word straight from Jesus, you know, and it said everything concerning Himself. And so we come to an understanding that when we read the Bible, it has everything concerning the person of Jesus Christ. And when it has everything concerning the person of Jesus Christ, we are going to get a revelation of guess who? Jesus Christ. Mm. And when the disciples who literally said to Jesus as, as they're walking with him, they literally said, oh, you know, the woman said that he's gone, he's alive. They they didn't see his body, but they saw visions of angels. But we went to check as well. Yeah, it's like they didn't quite believe the women. Yeah, it's, oh, the body wasn't there. So, you know, they probably had discussions. Oh, it was probably stolen. You know, the, um, you know, the, it was probably something that they, they've done as a joke or whatever. And then, and then uh, when they get closer to home, 
and this probably happens to you too, Jason. You don't want that person to stop sharing the word. Mm. You know, when someone's sharing the word and your heart is like going on fire, you know, mm. and your life is starting to play out in panoramic view, and you're like, "Wow, this is this is amazing." And then the guy starts to, and uh, let's pray together as we finish up. You're like, no, 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 no. You, you need to carry on. You know, like we're just getting started here. They had the same thing to the mm. point of, don't leave. Why don't you come home? And then there's something deep about he broke the bread. Mm. You know, they, he broke the bread. And then they were like, this is Jesus. You know, like, wow. You know, and it says to us, the most important communication tool that God has for us in this in modern times is the word of Jesus is, is the Bible. That is our most reliable source right now where we can get a revelation of Jesus. Because what we do want is Jesus here. <laughs> but the Bible is the best thing that we have where we can say, Wow, we have broke bread and we see Jesus, and when we see Jesus, our lives change. Yeah. Makes me wonder this is these are two disciples, aren't they? That's, I've always pictured it being two, yeah. Yeah. It could and, have been. Uh, it, it just makes me wonder if, I'm assuming that these two were probably at that last supper when Jesus broke bread. Wow. Yeah, yeah, because that's and why... I'm just wondering yeah, whether gotcha. all of a sudden it made sense. Wow. I didn't. I never, th- I never thought of that. But mm. yeah, that, that is that gives me chills. Our book offer today is called Canoes, Crocodiles and Christ. Very interesting title. And it's a very interesting story of a guy by the name of Haru Hariva. And it's written by David McClintock. I know him. You know him, do you? He was a yeah. principal of my kids' school back in New South Wales. Awesome. And this is a, a story that's not too far from home in terms of Australia. Uh, it's a story of Haru Hariva, who pioneered God's message, bringing the light of Jesus and his love to many remote villages in Papua New Guinea. Facing challenges and dangers, he witnessed miracles as God made hidden crocodiles visible, sent his angels to prepare the hearts of remote villages, and fulfilled his promise that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. So that's uh, our book offer today. Do stay tuned, and uh, we've got three copies to give away, so do text in after the break. This is To The Table by Zach Williams. Everything you're going through But you keep standing at a distance In the shadow of your shame But there's a lot of hope that's shining Won't you come and take your place And bring it all to the table There's nothing he ain't seen before For all your sin, all your sorrow and your sadness 
is the Savior and He calls Bring it all to the table He can see the weight you carry There's a Savior and He calls Bring it all to the table You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing up our program today with David Leo. We've been talking about practical worship and our free book offer today was called Canoes, Crocodiles and Christ. Fascinating story in this book. And uh, we've got three copies to give away. So the code that you've been listening or waiting for is worship number two, no spaces. Text in worship and the number two to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Just three copies today. Mm. David, uh, we've got a few verses left to finish in this passage. Yes, I want to give I want to give some um, a bit of padding on the canoes, crocodiles, and Christ. Uh, so this book, I, I know the author from, um, he was a principal at my kid's school, but I knew about it when I was chaplain at Northwest Christian School. There was this particular class where the teacher, he read a snippet of this book every day, mm. and he finished it by the end of the term. And um, <clears throat> the, kids got, the kids got a really good, um, good insight into this person's story, as, you, as you've shared, and there's something powerful about testimonies. And why I'm offering this book, because it'd be, it'll, this would be a great tool for you as an individual, or if you have, if you're a couple, you can read snippets of it to each other every day in the morning or probably in the evening as you have worship. 
or um, a family. The kids will enjoy hearing this, this story, which is very interesting. Uh, the way that David wrote it is uh, from a perspective of an educator, and he knows how to grasp the interest of children. So this is why I think this, this book is a good tool. Speaking of testimonies, <laughs> this last part is exactly that. So uh, if we could read this last part of um, Luke, the Luke 24 story. Mm. Of the disciples to end this, please. And this is just after Jesus had uh, disappeared from their presence. Mm. It says, They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. So another long walk back. <laughs> They've done another 13 k's back. Yeah, they got their step count up that day. Oh, yeah. And they found the 11 and those who were with them gathered <clears throat> together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Okay, what do you see going on here in these short verses, Jason? You just you said it yourself. They just arrived home, broke bread, and then they just got up on their feet and... And walked another three and a half hours. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it says here, and returned to Jerusalem. Yeah, they returned to Jerusalem and they, they wanted to find the 11. So that would imply that perhaps these two weren't of the 11. Yeah, well, there's definitely more disciples. Than, you know, yeah. The 11 were the circle. The core. And yeah. then you had the, the, you know, the Peter, James, and John who were the inner, inner yeah. circle. But they, these were definitely guys that mm. were... I, I was, they, um, they were excited. I think they wanted to go back and share with the others. Well, that's, that's exactly the thing, isn't it? Mm. I imagine them, you know, if they were walking, if they were, had their hearts down, usually, what's our pace? What's our pace like? Yeah, what is about... Well, my, my pace is about 15 minutes per... Something. Yeah. I don't know. It's a lap pace. A lap pace. I don't yeah. know. On my watch, it says 15 minutes per lap, and I don't know what the lap is. But well, when, you, when you're feeling sad, though, you kind of walk at a, you drag your feet, you know? You do, yeah. And when you're excited... You walk faster. You walk faster. And they, they could have so probably got back in two and a half hours. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. But one thing that, that stands out here is, after they were able to express their thoughts, able, after they were able to express their understanding of who Jesus is, that they thought their ex- what their expectations were, and it wasn't met, you know, but this is who Jesus is. And when Jesus made, you know, and Jesus actually invited them to express themselves. Mm. Oh, what, what, no, what happened? What are, you, what are you talking about? Why are you so sad? You know, and, and he allowed them to express themselves. And then in the second part of that, that we read, Jesus explains the scriptures. Mm. And he opens the scriptures to them. And in this passage, they say, our hearts burned while we're listening. Right? And so he explains the Bible, connects the dots. They realize, whoa, this is bigger than what we understood. We thought he came to redeem Israel. Mm. But he came to redeem... Humanity. Yeah, Israel, <laughs> Max Pro. You know, like, <laughs> he, he came to... It, it, was, it was more, more than just Israel. Like, the, the, the whole thing, they started to realize... Oh, the Messiah's not coming just for us. He's coming for the whole, redeeming the whole world. And then with that excitement and what the passage that we just read, they couldn't, they couldn't help but have to share with others. Mm. This is an important part of worship. What, 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 what do I mean by share with others? I mean, uh, there are things that we pray for and nobody else knows. You know, but usually you, if it's something that's really private and you don't want anyone else, uh, what else to know, um, similar to what happened in the train, what, what people don't know is I was asking God to clarify things for me. You know, help me understand this because it's 
you know, I'm, I'm confused and I don't understand it. Um, are there things that I need to do? And that, that moment on the train station was uh, that moment on the train carriage when I jumped up and that was an answer to prayer for me, you know. But I'm the only one that's excited. No one else knows. What's, what's that guy excited about? When you're praying with your with your spouse, when you're praying with your children, you're the only one that knows it in your family, you know, if it's a family matter. When it comes to church, you know, but when you and when you share these these stories, when you're ready to say, hey, um, I mean, Jason, you, you still share uh, about your journey with cancer, mm. you know, people don't understand <laughs> your perspective, right? But we can hear, wow, the Lord was really with you, like that whole time, you, you, you never left you, forsake you. Mm. And to others, it's like, well, that means if he doesn't leave Jason, that means he won't leave me. Mm. You know, and, and those those sharing moments are incredibly significant because others need to know that they can rely on Jesus and the power of Jesus as well. You know, so um, testimony or sharing the the good news is an a a, a uh, what's it a necessary part of worshiping God. And that's the, the yeah, that's the point I want to make there. Were you going to say something? No, no, keep going. <laughs> okay, so when it comes to sharing, we've got so many, so many ways to share it, right? We talk to people. We also um, have social media now, right? So <clears throat> for the disciple, so when it comes to oh, for the digital disciple, huh? You know, you know what I did there, Jason. Mm, yeah. For the digital disciple, sharing testimonies can be done really cleverly, and I've seen it. I've seen people do this through their uh, Instagram videos, through their YouTube videos, through Facebook. You know, people put up things like, uh, been praying for uh, healing with this uh, leg for ages, and now I'm, I'm starting to walk and run and whatever, and people are like, wow, this is, this is awesome. Mm. So there are many ways where we can share, right? But find somebody somewhere to share, uh, somehow, to share your story and your walk with Jesus when you spent time worshiping Jesus. And, mm. you know, don't just jump into it. You know, don't just jump into those moments as um, we, we as humans, we need that express expression time. We need that time of receiving the word and definitely need that time to um, share with other people. You know, that's, mm. uh, that's something that, even if it's just, just even if someone that's close, sh- share with them. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's incredible. We're going to be going on next week with mm-hmm. you on your program here. What's the topic next week? Receiving his word. So, or hear, hearing his word. The importance of um, what we read today about uh, listening and well, what is God saying to me, you know, uh, to get the revelation of, of Jesus. That was, that's what we're doing. Awesome. So join us next week, same time. Tomorrow, we've got David Maxwell, and he's talking about the seven bowls, which is his next topic on the seven the significant sevens of revelation remember our book offer today worship number two for canoes crocodiles and christ this is our last song today it's called christ is risen he is risen indeed and it says that in our passage there so um it says in verse 34 the lord has risen indeed and has appeared to simon so may god be with you today To conquer every sting of death Sing, sing hallelujah For joy awakes as
please save 